Chick-fil-A madness. And everyone knows that if it's about Chick-fil-A, it deserves a couple extra likes. You know, those chicken patties, those uh, those those chicken nuggets, whatever you want, Chick-fil-A sauce, that goody-goody. Whatever it is you like at Chick-fil-A, you know, it, it deserves pressing the like button. Now, as you guys know, Chick-fil-A is the place of a lord, okay? There's three holy places on the planet. There's a church, there's this YouTube channel, and there's Chick-fil-A, the three places where God shows up the most. Uh, you know, my channel's where he kicks back and relaxes, kicks off his shoes and has a good time, obviously. But Chick-fil-A's pretty up there, all right? It's, it's a holy place, you know? You don't do bad things in a Chick-fil-A. But this story is is a, is a, is a ne'er-do-well tale of somebody that did something really bad in a Chick-fil-A, or should I say two people that did something really bad in a Chick-fil-A. Whenever I go to get fast food, I never expect to get a WWE boxing match, some John Cena versus Manny pacquiao S type of action, but that's exactly what I got when I was at Chick-fil-A one day when I was in college. You know, the, the, the six months I was in college. At our college, we had a Chick-fil-A Express, so if you ever wanted to get through Chick-fil-A a little faster, you had, you had Express next to the name. That, that was really the only difference, like it was never actually faster. Basically, there's no tables, you just stand in line, you get your food, and you leave. Uh, but, I, but I guess these people just weren't the best of friends, and they were standing a little too close together in line, because I'm at the back of the line, and these people in the front start kind of getting a little loud, telling each other, no, you get out of line, no, like, yeah, no, no, explicitive words, explicit, exp explicit. Explo- explo- exploitive? I don't- Bad words! They were saying bad words. I swear, sometimes I talk like a dyslexic bunny rabbit. So here they are, swearing in Chick-fil-A Express on campus, alright? And I start to pay a little bit more attention, because I don't know about you, but I'm super nosy, and if someone's fighting, I want to know everything about it, because that's just the type of person I am. So as I'm listening, they start to get a little bit more heated, alright? They're yelling at this point, not very nice things, and they're both like, No, dude, I'm not getting out of here, you need to get out of here, you're the one with the problem, it's not my fault that you're causing all these issues at Chick-fil-A, no one wants to hear this, da 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 And then one pushes the other one, and ladies and gentlemen, when this push went down, it was like when the American revolution shot was fired, alright? The shot heard around the world. There was no more games playing, alright? The other guy pushed him back, and it was something out of a middle school fight, you know? I went to a school in Utah, so just imagine two really white Mormon dudes throwing fisticuffs. That's exactly what you should be imagining. So these two white dudes start pushing each other back and forth, not really fighting, like, more just angrily, eh, no, you're gay, no, you're gay, and eh, like, pushing back and forth. It was, it was pretty lame. But nonetheless, here we are. And so I kind of step out of the line to get a better view of it, because <laughs> I'm not missing an opportunity to watch a fight. But then things start to get heated. You see, one of them decides pushing's not enough. No, 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 no. Mormon pushing? That's too easy. He rears back and throws a punch, a right hook, and as it connects, crack! No nothing really happens. It wasn't really that good of a punch. I mean, it hit him, but, like, it, it probably hurt as bad as getting a hit with a marshmallow puff, all right? So the other guy's like, oh my gosh, and he swings back, and now they're just swinging. And by swinging, I mean, you, you ever seen weird emo kids in a mosh pit, like a punk rock concert? Everyone's just kind of flailing their arms around, like, sometimes somebody gets hit, but it's not really like there's a plan or a strategy, it's just more of flailing like a dead catfish. So at this point, the entire line is paying attention, okay? You don't fight in front of a Chick-fil-A and not get a reaction pulled out of everyone. So everybody's cheering them on, <laughs> probably not the best idea, like, now that I think about it, we were terrible people, we're like, kill him, rip out his jugular, whatever, I, I guess when people fight at Chick-fil-A, that <laughs> that's a pretty standard reaction. So whatever, here we all are cheering on these two buffoons fighting each other in front of Chick-fil-A, and the workers start to, like, try to break it up. Hey, hey, you know, stop it. Knock it off. And I don't understand why people do that. If there's two grown men fighting and you think that just being like, hey, don't do that is going to work, you're just delusional. It's never going to work. They're clearly mad enough to be punching each other in the face. You think they're going to be like, ah, oh, you're right, man. That is quite unreasonable of us to be punching each other. Maybe we should not do this. They're just going to keep swinging on each other. So the entire, entire courtroom or lunchroom, not lunch, lunch, food court, food court, not courtroom. We're not in prison yet. 
I mean, maybe eventually, you never know. Stuff changes pretty quick around here. So the security comes up and they're like, all right, guys, break it up, break it up. And they're breaking each other up. They have the guys split up and, and no one's really, you know, like knowing what to say at this point. Security has these two angry dudes who are just fighting over a Chick-fil-A sandwich separated. And they start going off. And of, of course, their names are Brad and Kyle. Like you just had to pick the most stereotypical white dude names of all time. Like whatever, Kyle, dude, like I don't even care, bro. Like whatever, dude, like, it's not even that big of a deal, dude. You just had to swing on me, dude. Oh my gosh. Something about white dudes fighting. Fighting is just always going to be the most entertaining thing to me. So, of course, the cops break it up. The security guard cops, I don't know what they were. They had handcuffs, all right? That's what matters. The guys are handcuffed. They're being split up. They're getting taken to the little security room that we had on campus. And, of course, you know, the, the rest of the people in line are kind of like, dang, that was wild. But me? No, no, no. The fight was over. Entertainment was over. Now it's back to Chick-fil-A. So I get to the front of the line. I order my eight nuggets with the side of Chick-fil-A sauce and a Coke. You know how it be. Waffle fries on deck as well. And then I make my fry sauce. I eat that shiz right there, right then, knowing Dang good and well, that's the most entertaining thing that I'm going to see all day is these two grown men fighting over Chick-fil-A. And yeah, I, I, I never found out why they were fighting. All I know is that they fought in Chick-fil-A line. And you never fight in Chick-fil-A. That's just disrespectful, okay? So, uh, yeah, moral of the story, if you're ever in line and people start fighting, remember it, because that way you can tell a story about it later on YouTube on your second channel when you're famous on your main channel for making fun of other people, and then you can, uh, entertain people with it. It's a, it's a weirdly specific lesson, and normally there's a better moral, but, um, yeah, that, that's literally the moral, okay? Uh, in fact, if somebody does cut you in line in Chick-fil-A, you shouldn't fight them in Chick-fil-A, but meet them in the parking lot with a tire iron and, uh, settle business that way. Uh, on a serious note, go, guys, thank you for watching the video. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrub here, back again with another video, and I don't know about you, but, but dads are pretty intimidating, okay? Don't get me wrong, not much really intimidates me these days, but something about an angry father is always gonna be able to strike fear into my heart like a snake about to bite me. It's just a terrifying experience, and this story is arguably one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Don't get me wrong, I've been on the dark web, I've seen some gnarly stuff, I've seen some crazy things, but nothing will ever compare to the time where this girl's dad wanted to fight me, alright? I almost ended up with a fist in the back of my brain, and the worst part is I wasn't even at fault, but, but we'll get to that. Before we really get into it though, I'm gonna set a like goal of 2,000 on this bad boy, 2,000 likes, and I will slap your mom with a hot dog, no joke, no scam, so smash that like button. And uh, alright, let's get into me almost getting murdered. So when I was younger in high school, I wasn't a good kid, okay? I was always in trouble, I was a little delinquent, whether it be skating, getting into trouble, I, I was always with the wrong crowd in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's something that I really regret, I wouldn't do it again if I had the choice, but the truth of the matter is I wasn't exactly a good kid. I mean, I was a good kid, let me rephrase that, my friends were weren't really good kids, okay? I hung out with the wrong crowd that was always getting into trouble, and by extension, I was getting in trouble with them. And, uh, a lot of my friends were what we call a classic case of F-boy, okay? They would hop from girl to girl like Frogger jumping across the street in the 1980s, alright? They weren't the best guys, but they were my friends at the time. So, as you know, uh, this leads to some pretty tricky scenarios where they were hurting girls' feelings. And while I was never down with people getting their feelings hurt, it's- it's an awkward bro code, it's just an unspoken thing, y you can't really do much about it. So there was this one girl that one of my friends was dating, and she had a really, really protective dad. To the point where the girl was just like, I'm just not gonna tell my dad we're dating, because he's he's not gonna be on board, and you're gonna be in trouble if she finds out that we're dating. Or he finds out, not she. I mean, whatever floats your boat. The parent didn't want him to know they were dating, 
and the parent identified as a dude. Okay, this is, it, it was a dad. It was a dad. That's what I'm trying to say. And so basically what ended up happening is we would all hang out at school because he was one of my best friends and he was with her and her dad could not know. So I just was texting her because we were just friends who we weren't even dating. Like there was, there was nothing for the dad to be worried about, but whatever. I guess one night she's up till three in the morning on the phone with my friend and the dad comes in and is like, who are you talking to? Here's a guy's voice, freaks out, grabs the phone. And of course the last person she had texted before she called my friend was me. And he's seeing red at this point. All he sees is a guy name on his daughter's phone. And I get a text like, don't you ever talk to my daughter again. Da 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 da. How dare you keep her up so late in my house. Blah, 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 blah. So I wake up the next morning and I, I'm, I'm more confused than somebody that just got punched in the throat by Mike Tyson, all right? Because I wasn't even talking to the girl. Anything other than like the, the most platonic friendship possible. And I have some dad in my text messages saying he's going to beat me to death for trying to keep up with his daughter. And I'm not down for that. I'm not trying to die. I love my life. But I just ignore the text because I'm like, I I'm just not going to respond. Maybe they'll forget about it. It won't be that big of a deal. Oh, if only that were true. So the next day I pull up to school, I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling cool. Not much going on. I, I don't I don't expect anything, all right? And where uh, this couple is usually hanging out is a girl standing there with her very angry father, okay? And I can tell he's angry because he's doing that thing that white du dads, dudes, dads, I, I guess all white guys do, where they're like crossing their arms and tapping their foot impatiently as if Mary Poppins is gonna come down from the sky and, you know, solve their problem or whatever. But I know the angry white dad look, all right? Every, everybody knows it. So I'm like, oh, my friend's in trouble, ha ha. So I'm walking and I hear, that's Ryan. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that, that is indeed my name, but whatever. And he goes, Ryan! And I'm like, oh, boss. So I look, I'm like, yeah. And he goes, why are you on the phone with my daughter at three in the morning? And she's like, no, 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 he wasn't on. And she's, he's like, shh, shut up. Why are you on the phone with my daughter at three in the morning? And I was like, I, I wasn't, I, I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't call your daughter. And he's like, well, you're texting her a lot. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. See, my friend was dating your daughter. And he's like, oh yeah, convenient excuse, huh? Your friend? Where's your friend? Where's your friend, huh? Why isn't your friend in my phone? Because she had been deleting their messages. So I'm the only guy whose messages he has in her phone and her dad's not having it. And she's trying to explain. He thinks she's lying. He thinks I'm lying. I'm like, look, dude, like I, I'm, I'm really, really, really not dating your daughter. Like I, I'm not lying. I'm really not. And you know, I guess to angry dads, the best, uh, the best defense isn't, I, I think you're full of it because now he's thinking that I'm calling him a liar. He's like, oh, you're calling me a liar? I'm like, no, 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 dude. I'm just, I'm not dating your daughter. Like, I'm just not. So here I am, you know, basically near the parking lot, like flagpole area of my school, just getting screamed at by a middle-aged man who's definitely taken steroids at some point in his life because he's jacked and he doesn't believe me. Like, I'm telling him the truth. I'm not covering for my friend. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not the person you're looking for. His daughter's telling him I'm not the person he's looking for. He's not having it. He's like, yeah, yeah. If you call my daughter at three in the morning again, I'm gonna come over here and beat your except he didn't, he didn't blur it out. Okay, Susan, I, I didn't say it. Please don't demonetize me. But like, he, he threatened me a little bit. So at this point, I don't even know what to do. I don't want my friend to get, you know, beaten, but like, I, I'm not trying to get beat up either. So I'm just like, all right, I, I promise I'll never talk to your daughter again. And he's like, yeah, if I see one more text from you, I swear to you, I'm going to come back to this school and drop you in front of everybody. And I was like, all right, dude, you know, you're really, really cool. I can smell your morning breath. You're 45-year-old man sitting here screaming at, like, you know, a 15-, 16-year-old kid. You're such a savage, dude. I'm so, so intimidated. I was.
I was. I thought this. I didn't say it, because <laughs> I'm not trying to get beat up. So I promised to never talk to his daughter again. Whatever. He leaves. I, I can't talk to his daughter in school anymore. It's fine. I, I think we're solid. And then, a couple periods later, his daughter texts me, and I just opened it and, and never responded, because I'm not trying to get beat up by her dad. I'm not. <laughs> it's not worth it. Whatever. Uh, the couple didn't end up breaking up, mainly because my friend thought he was going to get beaten if he continued to date the girl, which is probably a good choice, because uh, you know, uh, it, it isn't good to let your friends take the fall for you. That's not a good look. I, I feel like if your girlfriend's dad find out that you were too cowardly to face him when you uh, kept his daughter up till three in the morning, then it, it's not a good look. So they end up breaking up and I never talked to the girl again because her dad absolutely terrified me and I don't want to get beat up by the grown-up jacked version of Caillou. So you guys all deserve it. You guys are all handsome. Or if you're a girl, you're beautiful. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. My name is Scrubby and I'm back again with another story time. You know how it is. It's your boy Luna's clone. And before we get into this story, I'm just going to ask, I'm just going to be straight up and say it, press that like button. If you don't press the like button right now, ninjas will come into your room and beat you until you can't walk and you're going to have to roll down your stairs in your DX racer until your bones turn to jelly. So... Uh, now that you've done that, let's let's get into this. So as you guys can tell from the title, we're coming back at it again with more stories about the vape god snake lizard guy. If, if you haven't seen part one, I'll put an annotation on screen now, but basically there was this kid I went to middle school with that was actually the weirdest person ever. He, uh, he wanted to be a lizard breeder, but not by, you know, buying two lizards and making them breed, but by actually going out in the wild, catching the lizards and making them breed, because he felt like they had more of a killer instinct, you know? He would, uh, grind up bananas and put it in milk and try to sell it in front of school with the name Nana Milk, and was surprised when nobody bought it. And, on top of already being really weird, was was vaping continuously and showed me a snake head. So this kid was definitely one of the weirdest people I've ever interacted with in my entire life. And you guys loved the last video so much, I figured I would just, uh, tell you guys more of this kid's misadventures, because he was just kind of a meme at our school, and I have quite a few. So I've decided to give this kid a name, a nickname just to make telling the story easier. So from now on, his name will be Melvin, alright? And Melvin Melvin, Melvin was a weird guy, and, and along with being an entrepreneur, he didn't have the best of luck with women, okay? Uh, surprisingly, girls aren't fawning at the chance to date a guy who carries around a dead snake head in his backpack. Wild, I know, but if you guys are out there trying to pick up ladies, dead lizards is not the way to do it. In fact, it makes them run away from you. And Melvin, Melvin really wanted to be a ladies' man, you know? He was lonely, I guess. I guess his hentai pillow really wasn't enough for him. And he was constantly trying to hit on girls. And by hit on girls, I mean, I, I really don't think he knew how to talk to people. Melvin was notorious for doing two things. First things first, he would go to every girl's social media, like literally every single one of their posts, and then comment something weird. Not like, oh, you're cute, or the thing where you like someone's picture, and then they like one back, and you do that for a few days. Like, straight up just stalking them and commenting on posts that were uh, a year old which i mean melvin melvin had balls of steel i don't know about you but i would never ever ever comment on a post that's like a year old that's just how you look like a crazy person and then when the girls wouldn't respond melvin would go up to them the next day in person and be like did you see my comment and if they said yes he would ask them for their phone number but melvin didn't have a cell phone no 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 you see melvin would write down your phone number and then call you off his house phone but when girls would talk to melvin on his house phone, they would notice that someone was always listening, because Melvin's mom wouldn't let him talk on the phone without supervision. So just imagine trying to put the game on your crush, ayo baby girl, what you wear, and only to hear Melvin's mother, who named her son Melvin, on the line like, ah, your dinner's ready. So, uh, M Melvin, Melvin didn't have what we call game. 
But the best story with Melvin and girls comes from our 8th grade dance. You see, uh, in 8th grade, they were like, oh, you don't bring a date to the 8th grade dance, but everybody basically brought a date because that's just what you do. So everybody was trying to come up with a good way to ask uh, people to the 8th grade dance, you know? And Melvin, being the lizard entrepreneur he is, decided that the best way to ask a 8th grade girl to the dance would be to, and this is not a joke, take his lizard's shed skin and write dance with it on a poster with glue and, and use it to ask the girl to the dance and if that doesn't show you how absolutely clueless melvin is about girls then um then i don't know what will so melvin takes his sign with his dead lizard skin and walks up to this girl at lunch and and shows it to her and she just says no and, and melvin proceeds to start crying which not gonna lie rejection sucks but i don't know what melvin expected to happen here okay no girl has ever been like ugh. My knight in shining armor is going to pull up, whip out the snake skin, and hit me with it like a bad Fifty Shades of Grey parody, okay? It's just never going to happen. And that was just 8th grade. Melvin and I went to high school together as well, and somehow he got weirder in high school. You see, uh, the year was around 2014, so the whole furry tail thing had been out of style for a while, but that didn't stop Melvin, okay? He shows up to freshman year rocking a rainbow tail on the back of his pants. And if you want to express yourself, do whatever, that's fine. I, I swear I just had a seizure. Express yourself is what I meant to say. That's fine. But Melvin had the need to constantly flex the fact that he had this tail. Bringing it up in conversation, swinging it around like I swear the guy would shake his butt when he walked just so this tail would be swinging back and forth the the entire time and it, it was just a weird experience so whatever people start to mess with him a little with it because it's just funny to see this guy walking around school with a tail on in 2014 and instead of you know taking it on the chin or stopping to wail the tail holy shit am i having a seizure i can't talk so instead of taking it off, he decides to tell his mom. And his mom was one of these really, really Christian people that was like, bullying is Satan. So of course, Melvin himself in his rainbow tail, get us an entire, entire conference in the gymnasium, a whole presentation on why you shouldn't bully people who wear tails. Like as if we're not gonna know exactly where this is coming from. Wow, really? In 2014, you're magically gonna give us a seminar on why not to bully people with tails when there's only one kid in the entire school wearing a tail? And Melvin wanted to play dumb. He's like, oh, I don't know why we're here. Yes, you do, Melvin. It was your mom. Playing dumb doesn't make it simpler. You're the reason that we're all here because you wanted to wear your tail and you couldn't take ridicule. Just take off the tail. Take off the tail, Melvin. Is it that difficult? <sighs> so, so here we are getting lectured, all right? We're getting lectured and Melvin, Melvin has the guts to say, I don't know who this is about, but they're probably really brave. All right, Melvin. All right, buddy. Chill out, Melv. Little old Melvin had to be slick. But other than, you know, wearing rainbow tails in high school, Melvin's luck with girls never got better either. There's not a story for that. I just wanted you guys to know that this guy never got a girlfriend. Ah, uh, until, until his senior year. You see, ladies and gentlemen, there's a little something called, uh, senior freshman relationships, which are just weird. Something about a grown man, basically. Dating a 14-year-old is, is just a little shady, in my opinion. If you're down for it, and, like, you actually have good intentions, that's fine, but usually they don't. And Melvin, Melvin really didn't look like a kid, okay? He never shaved his beard. He was a neck beard. This neck beard was juicy, all right? Imagine Will Ferrell's Jufro. Will Ferrell's. Oh my gosh. 
Will Ferrell's Jufro, but on a guy's neck. That's what type of neck beard we're working with here, okay? He looks like the type of guy to my lady so hard with seven fedoras on. So here Melvin is, dating a freshman at the ripe old age of 18. She's a fresh 14. It's not a good look, and not to mention Melvin looks like a grown man. So a, a couple months into this relationship, the girl realizes that this is kind of a creepy scenario, and they break up. And Melvin, Melvin didn't take the breakup well. You see, he came to school every day just more disheveled than ever, okay? And it, it wasn't very good to be begin with and climaxed and him running into the girl's classroom and begging to get back with her during third period English class and causing a soft lockdown because they thought he had become unhinged. Ah, oh, Melvin. I, I, I'm not really sure what Melvin's up to these days. I, he doesn't have an Instagram. He doesn't follow me anywhere that I know of. But Melvin, if you are watching this, man, feel free to comment because I, I would love to have you on the channel and just talk about your life because you seem like it's pretty interesting. So after he caused the soft lockdown his senior year, he did, uh, he, he did get expelled because, you know, they can't really have a mentally unhinged person running around the school like a maniac like Romeo and Juliet, except, you know, Juliet, no, 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 that's that's about right, because Romeo was an adult and Juliet was like 13. That story really sucked. I don't know why we learned that. Hey, kids, make sure to kill yourself if you um get in love with somebody who's like six years older than you that you've known for two days, secretly get married, and then try to fake your death and run away from your rich family. It's not really a good lesson. I, I don't know why they still teach it to us. Now, I do have a few more stories about Melvin, but I, I don't know if, I, uh, if you guys are interested. This is a pretty long video. It's nearing, what, the nine-minute mark now, just from the raw recording I have. So I don't really know how this is going to end up, but... But, um, yeah, I, I'm gonna end it with the cake of Melvin stories, alright? You might be thinking, what possibly gets better than dating a girl so much younger than you and then having a freak out and causing a soft lockdown in a school? And let me tell you, folks. You see, Melvin also, before he left, wanted to do a senior prank, and he just, he wanted to go hard, alright? That's what she said. So, Melvin decided that the best way to do a senior prank was to do the old classic and try to lead a cow up the stadium bleachers into, like, the observer box. One problem, we live in Las Vegas, and no one knew where to get a cow, especially somebody like Melvin. You see, Melvin was not the sharpest tool in the shed, as you can tell from the story. So, Melvin decided that instead of getting a cow and leading it up there, and the whole prank being, um, you know, that they can't get it down, instead, Melvin decided that the prank had nothing to do with the inconvenience, and more of the fact that there was a giant chunk of meat in the press box. Which makes no sense, that's not a funny prank, Melvin, I'm, I'm not really quite sure what you were going for. So Melvin decided to head on over to our local supermarket, which had a deli in it, and buy basically a cow's worth of meat, you know? Now, you might be thinking, that must have cost a lot of money, and, and that's right, I'm not quite sure where he got the money, probably from his days and days of selling lizards, I guess. So Melvin buys basically a whole cow's worth of bloody raw meat and decides to go into the press box and just drop it. One problem, in Las Vegas, it's about 100 degrees until the end of August, and he did this right at the start of our senior year. So imagine, basically a cow's worth of meat just sitting in a press box, press, press box, press box, in 100 degree weather for about three days before anybody noticed, and by the time they did notice and opened it, it had smelled so bad, and the maggots had infested the meat so much that they had to call in a biological unit to dispose of it. Real good senior prank, Melvin. <laughs> Getting the school shut down because of biological warfare, basically. What, what a god, what a stan. Today I'm gonna be telling you guys the story of a time I accidentally, um, got, got followed by a homeless man. It sounds way scarier than it is, it's more of a funny story that I think you guys will
will enjoy. But before we get into it, be sure to press the like button. Uh, let's shoot for 2,000 likes today. 2,000 likes and I'll upload tomorrow. You guys know the drill. And without further ado, let's get into me being followed by a homeless man through a giant misunderstanding. So back when I was actually in college, I, I only had like two friends, okay? And one of them was a good friend of mine named Lauren. I think she's watching this video. What up, L-Dog? How you living? And uh, her, her and I were pretty good friends and we would hang out relatively often because we just got along really well. So one day towards the end of the year, she's like, look, let's go get ice cream. And I'm like, all right, bet, 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 bet. So me and Lauren hop in our car and we whip on over to get some ice cream. We're hanging out, having the time of our life, eating some ice cream, doing what we gotta do. And on the way out of getting ice cream, there was a guy in the parking lot that, that looked pretty disheveled. I would say homeless. I'm not gonna judge. I, I guess we never really did find out, but I'm just gonna assume he was a homeless guy based on the way he looked. That sounds way worse than I ever intended it to. You guys get what I'm trying to say, okay? It's not a judgment thing. It's just that I, I'm not even gonna defend myself. You guys get what I'm trying to say. I'm not ridiculing the guy for being homeless, all right? So here I am, ice cream in my hand, okay? A soda in the other. And as we're driving away, the homeless guy looks at us and I don't I don't know what he said okay it was very mumbled he was mumbling a lot and so me being nice we had our windows down because it was a beautiful day I went yeah not knowing what he had said I had no clue what was going on but for some reason I decided to say yeah because that's what you do when you're polite you know you ever had one of those moments where somebody says something and you really don't know what they're saying but it's too awkward to be like no and like you don't know what they said so you just go yeah and like nod your head it, it was one of those situations why do we say yes if we don't know what people are saying shouldn't we just automatically say no we gotta fix that society come on so anyways I nod yes and he comes jogging over to the car and at this point I'm like that's weird why is he jogging towards the car and then he opens the door and I'm like okay this is a little weirder why is he opening the door and next thing I know I'm sitting next to this dude in the backseat of the car leg to leg getting a little leg sweat on you know our, our leg hairs are doing a little french kiss you know how it is hey I, I have sweaty legs I'm not gonna lie and he closes the door and goes thanks and I'm like what 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 Thank, thanks for what? And he goes, yeah, can you just take me to the bank? And at this point, me and Lauren are looking at each other like, did we just agree to take uh, this guy to do all his errands for the day? So whatever, we we go and we're like, uh, I guess, sure, why not? Because it's more awkward to kick the guy out of the car at this point than it is to just take him to what he needs to do, all right? So we ask him what bank, and he doesn't know what bank. And like, this is in a town with at least three, four banks. So we just start trying to guess him. I'm on Google Maps pulling up every bank, being like, is it this one? And he's like, I, I don't know. Is it this one? He's like, I don't know. I don't even know if he had a bank account, okay? All I know is I'm really, really confused because how are you gonna jump in a car and ask to go to the bank and then not know what bank you need to go to, man? That's just rude. So we finally figure out what bank he needs to go to. So we start driving towards it and he's like, oh, can I?" can I play music? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So he takes my phone and starts selecting a song and starts playing like mid 2000s rap, like crank that soldier boy type stuff. Okay. So we're getting crunk like T-Pain and his shouties driving this guy to a bank who I have no idea who he is. He's still mumbling, by the way. I'm only picking up like one in five words. So we get to the bank and me and Lauren are like, all right, this is it. You know, this is, this is where we split ways. And he goes, all right, so who's going to come in with me? And we're like, uh, what? And at this point, I'm starting to think we might be an accessory to a bank robbery, all right? There's gonna be a knock on my door tomorrow morning, and they're gonna be like, hey, did you help this guy rob a bank? And I'm gonna be responsible for it. So, Lauren and I are both like, um, okay, I, I guess we can go into the bank with you. So we go into the bank, and he walks up to the teller, 
and starts just hitting on her. And when I mean hitting on her, like the most, most, uh, just, just not smooth flirting I've ever seen. He's calling her, oh, you're the most beautiful angel I've ever seen. Like, hey, we should go on a date sometime. All this stuff. And you can tell she looks so uncomfortable, okay? She's having to be polite because it's her job to give people their money at the bank because she's a bank teller. But I can tell she's uncomfortable. So Lauren and I decide to do something. We kind of start a conversation with the girl to kind of relieve some pressure. He's smiling. He thinks we're the wingmanning in, but we're really just trying to save this girl's, uh, this girl's from being, being slobbered on, basically. So whatever, we finish at the bank. I don't really know what he had to do. I wasn't paying that close attention to the actions he was doing other than talking to the girl. We get back in the car and he goes, will you guys take me to the high school? And this guy looks a little older, so I go, well, how old are you? And he goes, 27, but I want to go hang out at the high school, which is a little weird, but school was out at this point, so I really didn't see a problem with it. And at this point, I'm just trying to get out of the situation, all right? I'm uncomfortable. Lauren's uncomfortable. We're all uncomfortable. So we drive him over to the high school, still playing T-Pain, you know, had to get that early 2000s rap in there just to really get the mood right. And we get to the high school and he gets out and he goes, okay, can I have your phone number now, you know? And I'm like, uh, why? And he says, well, so you guys can give me a ride home. And at this point, Lauren and I are like, all right, whatever. This guy clearly thinks we're a chauffeur service. So I give him a fake phone number, right? And I think that's the end of it. We go on our way. I'm like, I'm never going to see the guy again. It's just never going to happen. Flash forward to Monday when we're going to class, right? Who do we see but the same guy? And he walks up to me and goes, oh, you gave me a fake phone number. So I'm like, all right, I'll just give him another fake one and he won't find me. So I give him another fake one and he goes, all right, I'm going to call it while you're here. So that way you can, you know, verify that it's you. So... He dials the number and my phone doesn't go off. And I'm like, oh yeah, my mom shut off my phone. Like that, that's what happened. My mom shut off my phone. I don't have service, right? And for some reason he believes it. And he's like, all right, well, I'll just wait here. And when you guys get out of class, we can hang out. So uh, my friend and I had to sneak out of the back of our building because we just didn't want to deal with it. And uh, moral of the story is whenever somebody says something, now I say no. I don't disagree and say, yeah, because that's how you get in these situations. So lesson learned, saying no is good. Story of the time that uh, I-, I basically had one of the scariest experiences of my life in a dark tunnel. Warning, I did do something not very nice, but it was hilarious, so whatever. It, it's a good story. We'll, we'll roll with it. Uh, but before we get into that, if you guys can press the like button, 5,000 likes, please, on this video, and I'll upload tomorrow. You guys know the Drillski and the Bilski. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. In seventh grade, I thought I was the bee's knees, all right? I thought I was the coolest kid to ever exist. I was tough. I had a Bieber haircut. I wore skinny jeans. Basically everything you needed to be cool when I was in seventh grade. Oh, geez, I just realized how lame all that sounds. And uh, every Friday, me and my group of friends would go to his park, and there was this really, really dark tunnel that went about two miles and came out on the other side near a jack-in-the-box. And uh, the tunnel was known to be haunted, and we were in seventh grade and were pretty stupid, so of course we believed it, because, you know, when you're in seventh grade, you don't exactly have the best critical thinking skills to ever exist. So whatever, one weekend, we were uh, hanging out at my house, we're like, okay, next Friday we're gonna go and we're gonna go through the haunted tunnel, okay? Because it was like a badge of honor. If you made it through the haunted tunnel and had proof you made it through, you were definitely one of the cooler kids in school. So we were like, alright, bet, 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 bet. We're gonna go through this haunted tunnel. We're not gonna be scared because there's no way it's actually haunted. Like, nothing bad is actually gonna happen. And we're gonna have a great time. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna absolutely kill it. So that entire week, we're planning. You can't use a flashlight as one of the rules of the tunnel that the school had. It was a pretty dumb rule, but whatever. You do what you gotta do. And uh, throughout that week, a girl that I had a crush on was always talking to me and was like, oh, I've always wanted to go through the tunnel. And, you know, me being smooth 7th grade Ryan, who uh, had absolutely no game and had never had a girl show interest in him, was like, oh, you should come with us to the dark haunted tunnel. Which is stupid because I am a scaredy cat. I hate being scared. So here I am inviting a girl to come into a dark tunnel with me, knowing that I'm going to be scared the entire time 
time and definitely not brave at all. I don't know why I did it, but but that's the 411. So the Friday comes and of course we're hyped. We've got our plan together. We get a group of five or six of us, including the girl that I like and the rest of my best friends. So we go to the park and we're getting ready to go into the haunted tunnel and the haunted tunnel looks a lot like a, a storm drain because that's basically what it was. Difference being it's huge. Like I said, it's about a mile, two miles long. It goes underneath the park, under the freeway, up the other side, onto the other side of the overpass. So it's pretty long and everybody who had gone through it played it up obviously to try to sound cool you know they were saying that there were people inside that were going to kill you cannibals all that stuff so of course all of us are scared but like none of us want to admit that we're scared so we're all trying to act tough and be like nah i'm not even scared man i don't know what you're talking about i'm so tough so whatever we start walking towards the tunnel and everybody's getting second thoughts but nobody wants to be the one to be scared so the first few hundred feet of the tunnel is okay because there's enough light coming in from behind us where the sunlight was where we can see pretty well and you know it's nothing too scary a flipped, flipped over shopping cart or two some spray paint but nothing that's really terrifying but uh once we get to the point where it's so pitch black we literally can't see our hand in front of our face is when i start to freak out because we can't like run we can't walk quickly you know because we can't see what's in front of us so we're having to shuffle like old people in a retirement home without a wheelchair down this pitch black tunnel that smells like sewage that we are pretty sure at this point is filled with cannibals right so we start to get nervous we all start to try to make jokes to try to calm the air but everyone is 100 scared and the girl that i had a crush on you know reaches out and holds my hand and i'm thinking i'm on top of the world i'm like yeah that's right i'm a big tough guy she's, she's coming to me to feel safe because i'm such a savage <laughs> that'll be important later so we're going through this tunnel and people start to calm down the scariness of the pitch black doesn't doesn't really hit us as hard anymore i don't think that was a sentence but whatever we keep moseying and then suddenly there's some movement to our right right and then a rock comes flying past one of our heads and hits in front of us and we're like oh these are the cannibals we're gonna die so one of our friends starts to run and if you've ever been in a group of people when one of them starts to run the rest of you just take off uh so so the girl i was with was wearing flip-flops and if you've ever tried to run in flip-flops it's not a very good uh it's not a very good time and i'm holding her hand so when my friend takes off i'm a little baby so i sprint too i'm not i'm not trying to get murdered by cannibals okay i'm in seventh grade i've got a lot of life left to live i'm not trying to die but uh remember we were holding hands so when i take off she tries to run except she's in flip-flops and I pull her arm, which throws off her balance, and she falls and, like, eats shit in the middle of this pitch black tunnel. And what did I do? What did I do? You think I stayed and helped her get up like a man? You think you think I, I was a I was a good I was a good guy? Hell no! I kept running. I wasn't trying to get eaten by cannibals. I'm not playing games. I'm not dying out here. I wasn't thinking. I didn't actually abandon her because like I wanted her to get eaten by cannibals. It was just fight or flight, and I, and I took off and she fell. But whatever. We were about halfway through the tunnel, and I don't think I stopped running until I reached the very end. So everybody that sprinted gets out of the end of the tunnel at around the same time, and I realize that the girl I like isn't there. And I'm like, oh my god, she got eaten by cannibals it's over she actually got eaten by cannibals and at this point the fight or flight has calmed down a lot and i'm actually able to like think about what happened so <laughs> i surprisingly decide that i'm gonna have to go back in and find her because like i'm not i'm not gonna let her get eaten by cannibals you know so whatever i go back into the tunnel because i'm like i i felt bad you know i didn't want her to be in there alone even if there wasn't cannibals even if there were cannibals like i felt bad i didn't mean to make her fall like it wasn't on purpose so whatever i i'm, I'm brave enough to go back into the terrifying tunnel where 
I thought I almost just died and try to find her. So I get a couple hundred feet into the tunnel and I hear somebody like crying and I'm like, all right, is that you? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, I get her, you know, we, I walk her out of the tunnel and her knee is covered in blood. She had scraped it up so bad when she fell. Her flip-flop is broken. She had been like limping her way through this tunnel for the last 10 minutes before I found her. And, uh... Come to find out, you know, the, you know, the rock that flew past our heads that we thought was a, that we thought was a bunch of cannibals. It was just kids from our school messing with us. So, um, yeah, she, she wasn't a big fan of me running away as soon as something dangerous happened, even though I went back in. I was so brave, so brave to go back in, guys. Come on. That's a joke. So, uh, needless to say, after that situation, she didn't have much of a crush on me anymore, and, um, we, we just stopped talking. Which is fair. Which is fair, you know? If, uh, if your 7th grade crush abandons you in a dark tunnel, I'd probably break up with them too. Not that we were dating. It's complicated. And without further ado, let's get right into this crazy time. So, throughout high school, a lot of my friends really liked to party, and I, I don't really like to drink, so I didn't mind always being the designated driver in these situations. I just don't like being out of control, but I understand my friends like to have a good time, and I wanted them to stay safe, so I would always volunteer myself to go with them to the parties and just make sure everybody got home safely right after. You know, good guy Scrubby really holding it down the fort, making sure nobody gets injured. That's just what I'm about. And so because of this, I always witnessed really, really crazy things at parties because I was the only one that was going to remember it the next day. And uh, this might actually be the scariest situation I've ever had at a party. So much so that the cops came and we had to like run away from the cops for a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's pretty nuts. So basically earlier the week before this party happened, my friend messages me and he goes, yo man, there's a party this weekend. Uh, if, you, if you could take us, that'd be sick. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm down. Like, where is it? And he tells me and I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually going to be a sick party because it was in the super rich neighborhood okay we're talking custom houses giant houses basically a mansion party which are always super super fun you know you get to live the lavish life for a night you know how it be so I'm like, yeah, man, I'm down, sure, whatever. So that Friday comes around, I go, I pick everybody up, I, I get everybody in the whip, we head on over there, and as soon as we pull up, I'm feeling a little bit nervous. Uh, you see, Las Vegas is a pretty big city, so there, there's a large variation of people. And right when we walk in, I see this kid that's known around town as a, a SoundCloud rapper. And by SoundCloud rapper, I mean, imagine a super skinny white kid sagging his pants and thinking that he's a rapper. And I know you're thinking, Ryan, why does that scare you, okay? This kid sounds like a weeaboo. And, and he was, but the only problem is, this is a Weeaboo standing in the middle of the living room with what looks like a pistol stepping out of the top of his pants. Like, you know when you can just see the grip of it and it's just barely peeking up over their waistband? Yeah, that's what I see. And I don't know about you, but when I walk into a party and the first thing I see is a mentally unstable kid with a Glock, I'm not feeling too safe. So I look at my friend and give him this look like, we should get out of here. And he just goes, nah, man, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sure he's cool. Like, forget it. Uh, w which was a bad idea. So, of course, I'm like, all right, man, whatever. I, I just go about my business. I go talk to some people that I'm friends with. We're just hanging out, having a conversation. The usual, what you do at a party. And then I start to hear yelling. A lot of screaming from the room I was just in where a SoundCloud rapper boy was and I walk back in and he's there with a bunch of big guys and they're pushing each other shoving each other back and forth and one of them is like bro keep sliding to my girlfriend's DMs and I'm gonna beat you like da 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 they're gonna they're gonna fight is what it looks like and then out of nowhere SoundCloud kid comes at the cut and says if you swing on me I swear to you I'm gonna put a cap in you except like imagine a white guy trying to sound gangster so it's like bro I swear bro if, if you swing on me bro I'm a pop a cap bro I, I don't even care bro yeah this kid was a loser 
Bowser, I'm not gonna lie. Probably still melting his brain, doing acid, convincing himself he's gonna be the next Tupac. So I'm not down for it. Anytime somebody says they're gonna start shooting at a party, I'm like, alright, gotta go. So I start running through the house, trying to gather up my friends, right? Trying to find them all. They're all really hydrated, so I'm trying to make sure that everybody's getting together, getting ready to leave, because stuff's about to go down. And as I'm walking back out, I hear a girl screaming in that room, and I'm like, oh no. So I just go in to look, and the owner of the house is in the kid with the glass face, and she's like, how dare you come into my house with a weapon, da 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 no one wants you here, get out, like, I've already called the police, the police are on their way, you're gonna get arrested, you're not old enough to have a handgun, blah 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 blah, and this kid starts crying like a little girl, you know, the kid that was just acting all hard saying that he's gonna shoot someone, yeah, is now crying, it's like, no, no, it's not a gun, it's a taser, it's a taser, and he pulls it out of his pants, and it has a yellow tip, and it's definitely not a gun, it's a taser, this kid was trying to flex on everybody with a fake weapon, but as soon as the guys who were trying to fight him find out it's not a gun they reach over the girl and punch him in the face which is pretty fair imagine you trying to fight a guy and he pretends he has a gun and then you find out it's not a weapon like of course you're gonna swing on him so now they're fighting and the white kids gang pulls up soundcloud rapper squad you know three of them have pink hair four of them have face tattoos you know the drill and they start trying to fight these like jock guys that are fighting him so now it's a full-on gang fight in the middle of this girl's living room and she's screaming telling everyone to get out that it's over party's over cops are coming they're swinging on each other it starts to get heated they start to throw like end tables and stuff at each other I i'm pretty sure the taser goes off at some point but whatever as it gets more heated two of the big strong guys pick up this girl's couch in her front living room and go to throw it at the soundcloud rapper kid who's standing in front of the window and the soundcloud rapper kid like jumps out of the way so this couch goes flying through the front window so at this point not only are the cops coming there's a kid with a fake gun there's a giant gang fight going on a front window's broken there's a couch in the front yard everything is going down all right i feel like i'm in a fallout video game at this point so i run through the house again Again, make sure that I have everyone get a head count. I'm like, we got to go now. So as we're running outside of the house, the cops start to pull up. The first cop car pulls up. Obviously, he sees that things are going down. So he gets out the car all, whoa, 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 and starts running towards the house. And just a tip, whenever you go to a party, you always want to park like a block or two away. And you might be asking why that seems dumb. Well, if the cops show up, they tend to like make sure that everybody at the party has you know, their license and has been hydrated at the legal age. And if you're parked right in front of the house, they're definitely going to see you and check everything. Whereas if you park a block or two away, you can run to your car and get out of there. So I get everybody and I'm trying to herd, you know, the four wise drunk men and me down the street and it's not going well, okay, because they're obnoxious. They're out of it. They're like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. So we're trying to sneak our way down the street back to our car. More and more cop cars are pulling up because they hear what's going down. So I get everyone back to the car, I herd everybody home, they're finally sleeping safe in their beds. And then I go on Twitter and just see the absolute storm of videos from this party. There's people throwing punches, there's a guy throwing the couch, everything you needed to know. Three people got arrested. It was an absolutely crazy time. And uh, at that point, I kind of realized that I'm only going to parties at people's houses that I know, where I definitely know that there's not going to be a SWAT team kicking down the front door at any moment. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you did, be sure to press the like button. Let me know in the comments section down below what you thought. Uh, seriously, smash the like button. Otherwise, I will go into diabetic shock. And hopefully I'll see you guys tomorrow with another video. I'm out. Peace.